When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to your grandma's favorite podcast. It is the Pens of Stuff podcast. Hi, Grandma. Uh, my name's Andrew. And I'm Abby. And Jim is out yet again. He just, he, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not committed to the podcast like Abby and I are. Uh, that's um, not true because I was out no, at Christmas out when I was sick. So oh, that's true. I'm the only one that's been here for every single one. It's just, uh, I'm committed. Have you? I feel like you might have missed you, one. I don't think so. But it doesn't left. matter. Uh, Jim has work, so uh, he's not here yeah. today for the poor recording. But we are back and better than ever. Not because Jim's gone, but just because we're back. Um, and uh, well, I mean, we c- we could be better. The Penguins' week this week was underwhelming. Well, the the, pe- the Penguins' week but. was weak this week, but uh, we were just talking about the PWHL, and we were talking about uh, the lack of branding in the in the in the sport that is. I'm still I'm still behind. I'm a Minnesota fan. And I, I, I said that before they got Taylor Heidi. Yes. And it even it happened even more so now that they have her and that they're undefeated. So Well, and we live in Michigan, so like if we were gonna go see a game without crossing the border and going to Toronto, like Minnesota would be probably the closest to go to anyway. Yes. So yeah. that's why I chose it mainly. But I chose it because I didn't want to vote for Boston because I'm already a fan of the Bruins. I didn't want to vote for a Canadian team because I'm American <laughs> and uh, I despise everything from New York. So fair enough. Therefore, Minnesota was the. Also, you're a big fan of the color purple. So, Well, I didn't know they were purple. I don't think until. No, I did. Team colors were like that the first why. thing that they announced. Yeah. Yeah. But we were talking about the lack of branding and how uh, that is one thing that they have done wrong. They haven't done much surprisingly wrong. Not Mm-mm. that not that because they're nothing to do with that but just like hockey leagues in general we've we've lambasted the nhl for things they've done wrong yeah and they haven't done much wrong but the one thing they did do wrong was not giving the teams enough identity branding yeah Yeah. it's literally just the colors and the state it's like i'm not a fan of minnesota in most things yeah but i am a fan of the minnesota hockey club i guess the pwhl club yeah see that's the thing it needs to be like because how do I identify in sports? I'm a Penguins fan. I'm a Tigers fan. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm not a fan of Los Angeles. I'm a fan of the Lakers. Right. Well, LeBron. And so it's like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Well, I also like Austin Reeves. So, it's know, just, but, it's, it's hard. But I think, too, they may have, like, because they really wanted to get it done and they wanted to get this league started. So they didn't give it enough time, maybe. Because no, they, they literally, I think they were saying it was 135 days between the time that the league was announced and the opening day game was 135 yeah. days which is incredible that they, they did as much excited. as they as much as they did in that time yeah. but also they could yeah. have well, sure, maybe given sure themselves had, a little more time and i'm sure they had uh the the foundations before they announced like oh, where the teams were going to be like home yeah. cities where they uh, had, who's going to run what yes, i think probably cities and and like board members and like financial supporters and all of that. They definitely had all of that lined up yeah. before, but like all of the branding and all of like the figuring out like where they're going to play and like Jersey designs and all of that. So yeah. Yeah. They definitely. Yeah. That's the one thing that I would, I would lean into. Not that we're trying to land base them because it's great. It is great. I, I the love great. the hockey is amazing. I've watched three different three or four different pwhl games over the course of the past couple Mm -hmm. weeks and it is such fun hockey to watch it's like it's different from the nhl because it's like it's women and they're smaller and so it's like a different because it's the same size Mm -hmm. ice so it's just like a different type of game they have to play but it's a lot more physical Mm -hmm. than i thought it was going to be which i think is really cool um Mm -hmm. and like 
obviously like their skill set isn't necessarily the caliber of the NHL because I feel like development for women's players is different as well. Like there's not as there's not as much resources for women's players. But I think as we see like this league evolve, we're going to be seeing a lot more um, skill arise and, and girls that are actually like middle school, high school girls that are actually, they have this goal to look forward to. Like I could be a professional women's hockey player. So you're going to see people trying or like you're going to see women trying even harder to, to make a name for themselves and like to really hone in on their skills. So I think it'll be cool to see how the game evolves from here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not following as much as you are simply because I watch like football right now is really big. Basketball's kind of getting into it. And I follow it like I follow baseball. Like if the game is on and I have nothing else to do, I'll I'll watch a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna check it on my calendar, be like, I've got to sit down like I do for football. Football's just easy to do that. It's once a week. And right. or like the Penguins. I'm like, I've got to catch a couple games this week. Like, yeah. like it's like I it's like I follow the uh, the Premier League. Like I have my team mm-hmm. and I follow them. And if they're on and if I have nothing that time, I'm like, I'll turn them on. Yeah. But it's not like not like you are following it, which is great. Like Yeah. And that's fine. I have too many sports to follow. Yeah, anyway. That's fair. Um, but speaking of football, though, not that we're a football no. podcast, but just getting getting things out of the way, discussion topics. Michigan, national championship. Michigan, national champs. Woo! Say what you want. You can go shove it up your butt. The, the, they deserve this. They were the clear-cut best team in college football this year. The only team to go 15-0, and 0, by the way. Really? It's gonna say, yeah, because Washington was the other undefeated team. Well, no, well, the Seminoles went thirteen and something. I thought there were a couple. The only fifteen was, and zero in the champion. Well, in like, well, no, because so the Seminoles were undefeated. Uh-huh. Okay, didn't make the playoffs, so they can't go fifteen and zero. Washington, Michigan were also undefeated. Michigan beat Washington for the chip, so Washington ended fourteen and one. Michigan was fifteen and zero. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense because. If you didn't win every game, then of course you're going to have lost a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So of course but the Seminoles Seminoles were undefeated. Michigan was undefeated. Michigan went fifteen no Seminoles went thirteen no Florida State. Okay. Well, okay. State, that makes more yeah. sense because you're counting playoff games. I thought you were talking yeah. about regular season games. I'm like, no, there no, were several sorry. teams that I guess it would have yeah. been twelve yeah. and zero that they went in the regular season. Okay. Yeah. Correct. That makes more and, sense. <laughs> yes. Uh and Pittsburgh, the Stellars. Slide into that seventh oh, seed. Oh yeah, I saw that. I was uh, we'll shocked. Play the Bills, and uh, it's they they're favored by the Bills are favored by ten points. I think I think the Steelers so actually have money. a chance against the Bills. To be honest, with I agree. You. Uh, the Buffalo can one hundred percent lose it, and it's supposed that there's a severe weather advisory, which means the game may be moved to Cleveland, which is as good of a Steelers home game as they could get. Yeah, because Pittsburgh plays very like, well. Cle- in Cleveland. Cleveland's very close to Pittsburgh, and Buffalo's further from so. Well, and also I feel like, I mean, obviously there will be Buffalo and Pittsburgh fans there, but if there's any yeah. Cleveland fans there that just want to watch, you know, playoff football, yeah, might be like there. they're yeah. gonna be voting for the Bills. So yeah, and I feel like Pittsburgh kind of feeds off that. Plus, the bad weather leans into what the Steelers do really well, which is run the ball and play defense, as opposed to what the Bills do do good, which is Josh Allen. Right. <laughs> That's literally, yeah. So, uh, with that out of the way, because I told you last week we'd be talking about sports if Michigan won and if Mich- or Pittsburgh made it into the, the which both happened, which mm-hmm. was, thank you, Tennessee, by the way. Shout out to you guys. And uh, we are... Uh, we are going to start talking about hockey now because that's why yes, you're here. The that's Penguins why here. played three games this week. They, beat, they lost to the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday last week. Uh, 3-1 loss was ridiculous. They beat the Flyers in a statement win on Monday, 4-1, and they lost to the Vancouver Canucks on Thursday, 4-3 in overtime. And uh, let's get our thoughts out of here. Let's spill them out. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh went 50. Like, they went 500 this week, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. not great, especially when you're playing a team like Buffalo. You shouldn't lose to Buffalo. No. But the fact that they beat the divisional team this week as well in the Flyers – also huge. Um, and and looking at the standings, Pittsburgh and New Jersey, I mean, Pittsburgh's gone up a spot. They're in sixth place now ahead of Washington. 
Washington has a game in hand on Pittsburgh, though, so that could easily change. Because um, Washington's at 44, and then Pittsburgh and New Jersey are both at 45. So, okay. yep. and then Philly and New York are both at 48. So, like, it's still a very tight race between third and seventh in the Metro. But that being said, with the win against the Flyers, that puts Pittsburgh with a game in hand on them, and they're only three points away. So, you know, just need the Flyers to lose a couple games. But, yeah. anyways... I didn't watch any games this week because I had a very busy week traveling back and forth from yeah, Illinois for sure. today or this week. So, but yeah, yes. Anyways, I mean, I caught the Flyers game. Pittsburgh looked like the better team in that entire game. They really and, did. Uh, they did. And uh, yeah, man, that game was a classic Keystone State rivalry game. Like. I mean, there was blood, there was fighting after the whistle, there were gloves dropped. If I recall correctly, I believe there was a fight in that game. I could be absolutely wrong, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't called a fight. Dropped the gloves. But at Scott Lawton and, and Malkin got yeah, at it at six oh nine in the third, but yes. they just got roughing minors. They didn't get Yeah, no. There was not a there wasn't like a I love dropping. Right. Uh, but Garnet Hathaway drew blood on Chris Letang. That's what happened. Um, okay. So speaking of this, this uh, you said drawing blood. This made me think of it. I was listening to the 32 <laughs> Thoughts podcast this week with Elliot Friedman and um, Jeff Merrick. And it was interesting. Yeah. Great podcast. Love it. But they said something that I had never heard before. Uh, apparently there was a Colorado game where someone got high stuck and like, I think Colorado high stuck someone, but there was no blood, but it was still called a double minor. And the thing is, apparently the rule is not if they bleed the, the rule is if they get injured on the play. So like, obviously blood Mm. is the biggest indicator of that. So that's why, you know, if you're, if you're bleeding, you've been injured, but it's like if you've been injured on the play, so like if you lose a tooth or something, you might not necessarily be bleeding or whatever, but that's an injury, mm-hmm. so it's still a double minor. Um, and then also, in that same vein, if a linesman calls the or the high stick, then it's automatically a double minor because linesmen can't technically call penalties, but they can stop the play for injury. So if the linesman oh. stops play, that implies an injury... Yeah. Thus resulting in a double minor as opposed to a single minor, which oh, good figure. I'm not sure that. which of those actually happened in the Colorado game. But anyways, I just heard uh, Jeff Merrick was explaining that on the podcast. And I was like, man, that's really interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I'm not very I mean, that well, well educated on the NHL rule book. But yeah, so it's not just blood. It's like injuries in general with the double minor. Thing. Yeah. So anyways. But yeah, yeah, so, there were a lot of penalties I mean, in this Philly game, though. Uh, the referees at the beginning of this game wanted to try and keep it under control. <laughs> they did not by calling the like all these penalties. One thing that stuck out to me though was uh, the power play percentage for the Penguins, sixteen point seven. So one out of six, not the best look for the Penguins. But again, Philly's power or penalty kill is very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I will say is. I feel like despite being down in this season or the season series against Philly, uh, one to two, we have been the better team in these games. In my opinion, if I, um, I was, I went back and watched some of the highlights from them. Mm-hmm. I think the penguins like, like you look at it, it was a shootout loss on December 2nd, uh, OT loss in December 4th. And now this one four one, like we've just been on the back end of some, tough games against yeah. them. And I mean, it's the Flyers, so they're always going to be tough. But I think the Penguins, you know, have held their own against the Flyers and have been the better team for the majority of those games. If Yeah. Again. I think the problem with the Pittsburgh-Philly uh, yeah. games this season has been special teams because Philadelphia is right now, currently, the number two penalty kill in the league. And yeah. I remember the last game that Pittsburgh played against Philly – um, I was like, Philly is going to want to be on the penalty kill more so than five on five because they were getting more opportunities on our power play than we were. Um, 
And so, but I do think since that first game against Philly, Pittsburgh's power play has taken a couple steps forward, which is good. But um, yeah, I think the deciding factor was special teams in this in in the last game we played against Philly and in this one. Even though Pittsburgh mm-hmm. couldn't necessarily capitalize on all of the power play chances that they got, they actually had possession, and so yeah. They, they actually did what you're supposed to do on the power play, which isn't, you know, giving up goals the other way. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. but I think, too, just overall, not necessarily just this game, but Pittsburgh's power play has been doing quite a bit better than how they started off the season, which is encouraging to see. So, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was last night's game was, or excuse me, Thursday's game. Um, was something, again, we talked about it last week. We clipped it. That's going around the internet, that clip um, of you speaking about slow starts. Mm -hmm. And that Vancouver game was the pinnacle Penguin slow start. Mm -hmm. We gave up three goals in the first. Ned gets pulled. Jari comes in, lights out until a very fluky goal in the overtime. And, uh, yeah, like... We, we've got to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked about it last week. You can go back, listen to it, go to Facebook and watch the video on it. Um, but we just, we have to be better. Yeah. And those kinds of games are going to ruin us. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, we did get a point out of it. I mean, we were the better team in overtime and uh, just a fluke arguably interference call against Demko just it, it soiled it for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I we didn't deserve to win because the slow start and uh yeah, I mean, what do you do? But Yeah, one of the things that's frustrating is that I feel like like just looking at the score sheet, you know, like this team depends so much on one guy or one line, I guess, in the Sydney Crosby line. And it's like, and there have been games when secondary scoring has been coming up big. And like the third and fourth lines honestly haven't been bad the past few games. The thing that's been no. f- most frustrating to me is that second line that has not really been yeah. consistently producing anything, which is just yeah. so, so frustrating. Like they're not necessarily a bad line, but like as your second line, you need you need them to generate more chances than they are, period. And they just haven't yeah. been. And in this, in this, uh, Vancouver game, Sully bumped uh, Riley Smith down to the third line and uh, drew O'Connor up to the second. He's mixing up lines, which I love to see, um, trying to find you know some sort of chemistry to actually get that second line rolling. But it's just been so slow. And I mean, the rust injury probably didn't help that at all, but it's just been a tough look for that second line. And you just you, you want to see Gino kind of step it up and... and like make that that line like make some magic on that line but it's just it's just tough yeah it it is and i mean yeah it's it's tough i mean you look at that the only line for the penguins that has generated or that that has played like the only line with Malkin that has played over a hundred minutes together is Raquel Malkin Smith and Raquel's not playing on that first line, which I'm mm. not mad against. Like Raquel is playing lights out with Grosby and Gensel. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he started scoring more. He's, he's found yes. his groove there. So I'm not saying to break it up. Don't hear me say that. Honestly, I think we should stick with the lines we have, you know, like stop switching them up so much, but recall Raquel, Excuse me, Raquel Malkin Smith have played 177 minutes together, as opposed to the the O'Connor Malkin Smith has been like 84, which was what we saw last night. Right? No, it was O'Connor Malkin Russ Russ Malkin, which has played 27 minutes together. And Malkin has had such turnover on his lines that I mean, to tr- you can't, to tr- yeah, you can't really get mad at like it's not his fault. Yeah, it's I mean, just, you had Pustin and Malkin Smith. You had Smith, Malkin, Rust. You had Nylander, Malkin, Smith, which I would love to see Nylander get another shot up here. I don't know. That, that Harkins guy 
could be replaced with Nealander. I don't know. And then O'Connor, Malkin, Rust, uh, Zahorner, Malkin, Smith. I mean, you have all these Malkin lines that have just played like 20, 30 minutes together. And it's, it's just consistency on these lines that I think is what's soiling us because that Eller O'Connor, who's on that other uh, Pustinen mm-hmm. line. That was really a good line Yeah, uh, for um, like the two uh, games that we saw them together. I Yeah, 17 minutes, yeah. I, uh, yeah, the thing is, it's just, you just kind of need Gino to be better, you know? Like, I get yeah. that it hasn't been consistent, but you're a star player. You should be at least, like, causing the guys around you to to generate chances at least. Like, fr- from the – like, they get maybe two or three chances a night. Like, you can't – and maybe maybe I'm lowballing it. Maybe, they're, maybe they are better than that. But the eye test just says that they're not producing as much as you, you genuinely need them to. Like, you just do. Yeah. And, like, Crosby's doing great things. He's awesome. But you cannot run that Crosby line 30 minutes a night. You just can't. No. You need to no, be able can't. to you depend can't. on those top two lines to be your offensive lines generating chances. And right now, that third line, honestly, is generating as many chances as the Malkin line. And so it's just – and obviously, you know, injuries, consistency, all of that plays a role in it. But the bottom line is you just need to be better. And the circumstances yeah. suck, but you just – you need to push through it and cause you're a professional hockey players, you know? So you, yeah, for I sure. mean, it's just, that's just, that's what it is anyway. Yeah, no. So right now moneypuck.com uh, has the penguins sitting at 65 and a half percent chances to make the playoffs. Uh, 65? Yeah, sixty-five percent to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's actually more 65% than sixty-five percent chance. Uh, I know you know we're about midway through the season. Penguins are at forty games played out of eighty-two. Um, does this seem like a feasible thing for the Penguins to sit at? Well, wait a minute. The odds were updated Friday. Yeah, okay. They have New Jersey at eighty-five percent chance to make the playoffs, and they have Philly at Why, fifty. Is that so high? Yeah, why is I, I think they're strange. I think they're putting together the remaining schedule that these teams have, mm-hmm. and that the difficulty of that, Strength and of, uh, yeah. they don't have how they come up with their odds, do they? Uh, no, but uh, yeah, does that seem like a, a feasible thing that the Penguins could make the playoffs? I mean, more so than they could lose, I guess. Which is what that kind of stands. Uh I don't know. I mean. Okay, so I think the Penguins could make the playoffs. I don't think they go past the first round. I don't think this team has energy or stamina enough or consistency to make it past the first round. I want to, I'm curious too, because at the deadline, there have been a lot of rumors going around that Pittsburgh is going to trade Jake. And. I mean, if they end up doing that, are they, like, that is a, is a statement to me that you're not trying to make playoffs. So I think it depends a lot on what they do at the deadline. Because um, if they can acquire someone with, like, that physical presence, you know, that you could throw on your third or fourth line, like a gritty grinder yeah. or maybe, like, that kind of defenseman. If we get John Ludwig back, that would be helpful too. But, like... I mean, honestly, I don't know what kind of move we need to make to make this team, you know, to push them to the next level. But I think Dubis will do it, whatever that move has to be. I don't doubt that he's going to do what needs to be done. I'm just nervous that, like, if we we trade Jake, we're not making playoffs. I mean, if we – you do not trade Jake Gensel except for another guy kind of like him who's got – who's also a free agent, but has more scoring, you know, if that makes sense, like, because personally though, no, 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 no. Okay. Go ahead. I don't think you could upgrade from Jake Gensel at this point with his, his, the time that he's played in Pittsburgh, the, the reputation he has in that locker room, the chemistry he has with Sid. I don't think anyone you can bring in is going to be able to replace that. It's like the intangible things too. Like they just 
have this connection, I don't think you're going to be able to find someone that's going to be able to just slot right in and do the same thing, but better. You know what I mean? I don't think you're going to be yeah. able to upgrade from Jay Gensel. No, I agree. But maybe now, what we need isn't another score. Maybe you trade Jake and get but, someone but else. You don't. You don't in this in this league. You don't trade someone who's putting up numbers like Jake no, does with Crosby. Not at the not for at someone the, who is a physical. Like you're not going to trade a Jake Gensel for a Tom Wilson. No, absolutely you're not. You're not going to trade a Jake Gensel for a Jacob Truba. I mean, obviously those guys are not going to trade with the Penguins. Period, because it's the Rangers and the Island or the the uh, Caps. But what I'm what I'm saying is you can trade Jake Gensel for a I'm, I don't this again I'm not saying this is going to happen but you trade Jake Gensel for Patrick Kane you trade or who Patrick Kane was a while ago you trade Jake Gensel for a veteran who's been to the playoffs who's done that who can still put the biscuit in the basket who can you know like an Ovechkin obviously Ovechkin's not going to be on the market don't Again, I'm not, but I'm saying you do that. I'm trying to think of someone who would be on the market who is trying to score, and I who, who Elias, will score a lot. Elias Lindholm is the number one name in the market. Uh, you don't but, Jack, but I don't Jack think for an Elias I don't think the Penguins can afford it either. Also, no, though, I mean, I, mean I guess if you move the Gensel contract, possibly, but also, oh shoot, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Continue with what you were saying. Oh, oh, but uh, well, okay, mind. go. Never mind. Nope. But like, you can't. You don't. You don't trade a Jake Gensel for that, and I. I don't want to see Jake Gensel gone. Like, if they trade him before I see him in Pittsburgh over my birthday, I'm going to be irate. Well, if they trade him, what does that communicate to your team? Like exactly. Like I don't know. I mean, I guess it really depends on what the move is. But like also. It They're, depends on where we're sitting in the standings at the trade deadline. Yeah. That if, is also like if we go on an absolute tear right now, like win our, the next nine out of 10 before the deadline, you, you are 100% buyers. You do not trade Jake. No. How do you buy with a million dollars of cap room? I don't know. And yeah. I don't know who you trade. I mean, you could get off that card contract probably. You could get off the, I'm trying to think of a guy who's not produced, uh, Ryan Graves contract maybe. I, but Dubas has Dubas has done it. He was the oh, one that 100%. wheeled everything around there in Toronto. He knows how to make cap work. I'm not I concerned know. about that. I just am puzzled. Like if we end up being buyers, if we go on a tear, what do you go get? Exactly, like, that's the question. What on paper do we not have that we need? Yeah, it's literally young youth and and speed. Yep. That's the only yep. thing. And no one's getting rid of that. And no, and no one player is going to fix that for us. No. So now, let me make sure I'm not speaking out of my butt. I just thought of somebody that it might possibly be on the the dead the the trade block. Um, okay. Um. This is an absolute boneheaded idea, but what about Clayton Keller? Ooh, I don't think. Um, He's locked up at 7.15 for the next five years and counting this year. So the next four years after this year, that is a crazy get, but you package someone together like a Jake Gensel, like a, uh, let me see, uh, a young guy, a Pooling, a couple a, a first round draft pick. And you go get Clayton Keller. That would be wild, dude. Is Arizona even thinking about that? Probably not. Absolutely not. I mean, maybe not absolutely not, but I would but, highly doubt that because he's like the face of the next era in Arizona, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clayton Keller, I'd even give up a P.O. Joseph. Yes, I would give up a P.O. Joseph. I, I would even get, I would give up an Alex Nylander because you're trying to win right now. Clayton Keller's cap locked for the next few years Dude. you make the most out of out of what you can do with Crosby and like that think would, about the center depth there that would be crazy you put you put Keller I mean, or you put you put Keller, Keller on, on the, the wing line with Crosby and Malkin, Rocket and Raquel with them or you put Keller because the type of player Keller is would fit I think very well with Gino yeah true because he's he's a he's a he's a pretty physical forward as far as yeah. wingers go, I mean, I guess or, he's a wing center, but and and yeah. he also 
like is it he generates offense like crazy so i think he would fit really well or, with Gino. well no i guess Kyler he's he's listed here on cap friendly as a left wing right wing i thought he played center oh is he I was almost that's what i thought he was a winger but i didn't but it doesn't like, really matter then you throw him on the on the wing with Crosby in that Gensel spot with Raquel, or or you move up uh, or Pustin into play with Crosby and put him on the wing with Rust and Malkin. Yeah, do another and, Sid and the kids with Keller and Pusty on the first line. Yeah, because Raquel and I Gino mean, have chemistry like no one's business. True. Yeah. So I mean, that was a name that I thought of like Arizona, but again, Arizona is just getting into that era where they they are a competitor. Yes. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, probably not. But probably not. They're but they're competitive. They're not first round or first overall pick. No, they're putting know. they're putting they're putting butts in the seats. Right. So, and, they're I they're mean, fun only to watch. Thousand of them to to <laughs> fill, so it's not hard. No, but but all right. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about before we move on to looking uh, at the Penguins' upcoming week is a uh, a certain man out of Toronto named William Nylander got oh. a fat contract yes. till the end of 2031-32. Uh, starting next year, he'll be making 11.5. 11.5, that's insane. And the amount of time it took for them and to... And now they're... Yeah, go, what were you saying? No, just the amount of time it took for them to to settle the negotiations and actually land on a contract for Willie. But the fact that they they couldn't figure something out in the summer kind of sucks for Toronto because now they're probably paying him more than they would have had to if they'd paid him in the summer. Yeah. Because he's had a beast so now, year. Yeah. So now your core five, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, and Riley are making $54.15 million next year. The cap. No, they're not because Marner is expiring in the summer. Mar- Mar- no, Is Marner has one more year after this year. As this oh, players. I guess they were talking about extensions in the summer. Yeah, anyways, continue. Yeah. Uh, so that means the cap, the cap, uh, what's the what's the cap? What's the salary cap for this year? I'm not entirely sure, actually. I think it's like $89 million, okay? It's so a, that means it's you a have fat bit that those five players 30, take up. Around $35 million. To fill out the rest of your roster. That's five more defensive players, two goalies, and uh eight more wingers. Yeah. Under thirty four dollars. Thirty four million. Ridiculous. <sighs> how 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 are you gonna do this and be competitive? No. I mean, obviously they'll be competitive because they have three of the best goal scorers in the league. Okay. And Marner's yes. an insane playmaker, and Tavares is a really solid leader. So it's just like, obviously, they're going to be competitive just because of that. But, like, if they you're don't get gonna... a goaltender and if they don't get serious defense on this team, which mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do with mm-hmm. the amount of cap you've given yourself, like, yeah. they're going to be a laughing stock. And people are going to look back For on sure. this era of the Leafs and say, what were you doing? The thing, the thing is, is every year, because it's Toronto, it's a hundred percent like the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL. If you don't make at least to the third round of the playoffs, your season was pointless. Yeah, it was a waste of the season. And the thing is, you're not gonna because what what have you what have we seen in Stanley Cup champions? Uh, a solid second, third, fourth line, like defense that'll jump up on the rush, and you're not gonna have guys who can score down the line if you're top heavy as Frick. Mm-hmm. And I was also, I think this was also the 32 Thoughts podcast. I listened to a lot of podcasts this last week. But um, they were talking about, you look at the last however many Stanley Cup winning teams, what did they all have in common? They knew how to defend. And when you're in the playoffs, people are not giving up goals. They're not making stupid mistakes. People are like, they are locking down defensively. And that is just something that the Leafs don't do, and they don't have, like, no. Timothy Lilligren's your number one defensive defenseman. Like, give me a break. And it's just, it's tough. Nothing against Timothy. He's just not a number no, one No, he's defenseman. just not a number one defenseman. And Morgan Riley's fine. He's a good, like, balance. But he's he's not been doing, he's not been peak Riley. You know what I mean? He hasn't been exceptional, you know? And I don't know. It's just, 
a tough look for the Leafs. And I'm glad they got Willie, and their fans are glad they got Willie. But, like, what are you going to do now? Where do you go from here? Like, do you just enjoy the era of these guys being insane goal scorers but it not meaning anything? Like, it's just tough. The problem is you put yourself in a tough situation because, obviously, you don't want to lose your guys for nothing, right? Like, you're not going to – you don't want these – great great goal scorers to leave for no reason like no you don't get anything back from you don't want them to go to free agency but the problem is is they're not going to sign a two-year deal so you can trade them like they want their money and they want it now rightfully so so it puts the general manager in a tough position to be like well if we lose this guy for nothing the fans are going to riot but if we if we sign them to a long-term deal, like the money they're demanding is going to eat up our cap space like crazy. Uh huh. And then you got to think about the future. Like if you're trying to win now, fine. Okay. But like $11 million is not going to age well. You know what I mean? And like Willie's a great goal scorer, but as your, your franchise evolves, you know, like you're not going to always be a win now team. And so, in five years when Willie's still making... Wait, it's an eight-year deal, right? So in five years I when Willie's so, yeah. still making 11.5 and he's not a 50-goal scorer anymore, like, what kind of team is going to want to take on that cap? Like, you're probably going to have to retain some salary, and it's it's just a mess. And yeah, if you can't win with that contract now, then what was the point? So it's just... I don't know. It's a headache over there. It's tough. For... I can't even remember who. What's their Brad GMs? Trip Trebling. 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 I don't even know how to say it. But anyways, I do not pity him. Leafs fans do not want his job. So anyway, yeah. Enough of that. All right. So the (laughs) Peng. Enough about Toronto. We just had. I got to acknowledge it because it was a ridiculous contract. Yeah. The Penguins play two games this week. They play today against the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes in Carolina. At 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then back home against the Seattle Butt Cracks at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Did you oh, know? Excuse me, the Seattle Kraken. Um, I don't know if this is a regular, like, around the league thing, but people call them the Seattle Spunk. Or, like, the Spunk. Which I think is funny. No, it's a weird name. It's weird. It's, it's yeah. a weird name. But I think it's funny. I kind of like it. Anyways, I don't know if normal people do that, but I've just heard a couple different... People refer to them as that, which I thought was Was it Coach Chippy? It was not. Oh, okay. That it was not. But I did. So. He has a podcast. Have you heard of Coach Jeremy? He's a YouTuber. Yeah, I think They I have, have a podcast together with another guy. And I was listening to that. And I only listened to like 30 minutes worth because it was just all Leafs talk. And I was like, bro, I'm not a Leafs fan. I can't listen to this. It yeah, kind of no. pains me. Leafs, Leafs talk is tough. I said after tough. we just talked about the Leafs for a couple minutes. Yeah, it's All rough. Right. Uh, uh, so what is our thought? Or like, are you, What's your prediction for this week? How many points? Which ones do they win? Which ones do they lose? I mean, the Carolina game's big. You got you to gotta win those divisional matchups. I mean, it's less big because they're not necessarily looking to take, you know, Carolina's spot because they're in second, yeah. and I don't think Pittsburgh's going to end up there. But, I mean, divisional matchups are still important. So I, yeah. I, you need to be to win the Hurricanes game, and Seattle's been average this year. So I think Pittsburgh can come out of the week with three points. Hopefully, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. I, I think they could get four, but yeah, I think three or two is more like it. I think they do beat Seattle just because um, Seattle's kind of middling right now. They're kind of uh, streaky. They've, they've gotten they've gotten a little better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, the last few weeks. But uh, they're on an eight-game win streak. So, uh, but that means they were um, at one point ten, fourteen, and nine, as opposed to eighteen, fourteen, and nine. Um, so, I think they could be had. I think they could be had. Mm. Um, but I would not. Again, I would not be surprised if they get zero points this week. Honestly, yeah. So I'm going to be safe and say two because they could lose both of these in overtime slash shootout, or they could just win one, or they could, you know. So I'm going to say two. Okay. Uh, but with that being said, let's hear from DraftKings Sportsbook, and then we'll come back with random crap we want to talk about today. 
We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That means you get $200 to use on any bet you'd like, like their same-game parlays, their anytime goal scorers, player props, goalie props, or which team's going to win which period. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void, in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome to Random Crypto we want to talk about today where we are talking the next five players on my top 45 of the last 45. Um, for those of you guys who were not here last week, this is a list that I have compiled and am continually to uh, twerk or not twerk week. <laughs> <laughs> awkward oh my gosh um that i'm continuing to tweak and uh work on as we go about it but uh for those of you guys who are not listening to this last episode i'll give you number 45 through 41 again this week um just real quick we got at number 41 we have christopher letang from uh, the penguins we have duncan keith in 44 43 is johnny t john Tavares. for those of you guys know, uh, number 42 is andre Vasilev. What did I say? You said Tavares. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Jonathan Taves, not John Tavares. No, John Tavares did not make the list. Andre Vasilevsky at 42 and at 41, Mike Madano. So we have 40 through 36. You can also catch blog posts. I'm putting out my notes and uh, on our website, pens and stuff, pod com. Uh, so go check that out there. You can, you can read my thoughts on that, or you can go back and listen to the podcast if you want. But, uh, here we go. Kicking it off at number 40. We have, and Abby, you are going to absolutely hate this one. We have Austin Matthews. Uh, hear me out. And we're, we're kicking it off with a bang and some very, I'm sure Dad, Jim would have had a more angry reaction to this. Yeah, he doesn't but, like. Uh, yeah, he does not like Austin Matthews. But Austin Matthews, he has had an excellent, he's only in his eighth season right now. Okay. So he's he's sitting at 332 goals in eight seasons. Uh, no, not eight seasons, like seven and a half. Uh, 258 assists, and that combines for 490 points. Uh, personally, he has won a Calder in his rookie year, uh, two Maurice Richards, three All-Stars, I counted this year's, and uh, one Hart and one Ted Lindsay. I did struggle putting him on this list because of his postseason performances. As you know, the yes. Leafs have not had great ones. Not at all. Um, he's only made the, uh, I believe he's made the second round Uh where did it say? Only making it out of the first round one time. Yeah. One time out of the first round. Which was last year. Which was last year, yeah. Uh, that no. is strange, too, because the last five yeah. that you did have all had multiple playoff appearances. Yes, but I'm... I, and most of them for, multiple playoff wins, too. Yeah, for younger players, it's more of a projection as well. That's that's what this is kind of is. I forgot to mention that. It's okay. like awesome, I'm kind of projecting that Austin Matthews will win a cup. Projecting that. Will he do it in Toronto? Probably not. But projecting that, just because Toronto's never going to win a cup, uh, but but he's 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 also been an amazing, a regular season performer. Yeah, amazing. You can't un- discount that. He's been um, top three pretty much every year he's been in the league. So yeah, so I'm gonna uh, just because I was prepared for Jim to be on the podcast, I have some defense for this. Um, I'm gonna give you uh, three other guys' stats through eight seasons. Okay, 
Okay. And, and you're going to have to try and, and try and guess who these is. So this guy, for number one, 205 goals, 352 assists for 547, 557 points. That's compared to Austin Matthews' 590 points. Austin Matthews had 590 points in 519 games. And his eighth season is not done yet. Keep in mind, he's in his eighth season right now. Right. This last guy played 576 games in his first eight seasons. So a little less. No, no, a little more. Sorry. Um, this second guy, 223 goals, 283 assists for 506 points. Hmm. In 565 games in his first eight seasons. Then this next guy, 303 goals, 547 assists for 850 points. So that guy has a lot more points, but less goals. The first guy with 557 points, Patrick Kane. So Austin Matthews has outplayed Patrick Kane wow. through seven and a half seasons and eight seasons. Second guy, Jonathan Taves, 565 games, 506 points. So these guys are are solidified Hall of Famers. Right. And Austin Matthews has outplayed them in eight seasons. This next guy with three hundred, only 303 goals in his last eight, first eight seasons, Connor McDavid. Austin Matthews has outscored Connor McDavid's first eight seasons. Wow. In seven and a half games. That's McDavid cool was injured too. for quite a while, though. He's but been McDavid injured quite a bit. But played 569 games. Right. As opposed to Austin Matthews' 519 in his first eight seasons. That's wild. Well, first seven and a half. So, that being said, these guys are solidified Hall of Famers pretty much. Like Connor McDavid. I mean. Barring he never wins a cup, he's making he's probably making it to the Hall of Fame. So, that's my those are my defenses for Austin Matthews. So, Austin Matthews making this list. He's at number four. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eric Carlson is our next guy at 39. This one uh, I was struggling with, but then I did some digging. He he been playing for how many seasons was Victor? Or I should have I, I normally had that down, but I didn't put it down for him. Give me a sec. Uh, I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> Eric Carlson has been playing for 15 years, and in those 15 years, he's made the playoffs eight times. And I know you're like, playoffs are a big, big thing, big thing. But when you compare Eric Carlson to three other defensemen that are considered to be all pros in his time in the NHL, Victor Hedman, John Carlson, Brent Burns, he's outplayed all three of those guys. In regular season or in playoffs? In regular in the regular season. Sorry, yeah, regular season. You look at it. He has ha- he has point eight points per game compared to the next closest, which was Brent Burns at six point six per game. Victor Hedman, John Carlson, a lot less. John Carlson has uh, and and uh, yeah. So his stats in the regular season, uh, he's played six hundred nine hundred sixteen games, sixty games. Excuse me, seven hundred ninety points. With 185 goals, 605 assists. He's won three Norris's and finished in the top 10 three other times in Norris for trophy voting. Plus, he's been in the top 10 in heart voting, the heart trophy voting, four times. He's a five-time All-Star, plus captained the Ottawa Senators to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2016-17, only to be beat by the defending Stanley Cup champions and going to be Stanley Cup champions, Pittsburgh Penguins. And he put up 18 points in 19 games in that run to the Eastern Conference Final. Now, I told you, I already told you he's outplayed all the other, his his peers in defense playing. And he's only made the playoffs six years out of his 15 in the NHL. That's cause for pause. But you look at the teams that Eric Carlson was playing on in those times. The Ottawa Senators only made the playoffs two times. And the, the other times he was playing with scrubs. I mean, Mark Stone, yeah, J.G. Peugeot, sure. But he playing with scrubs on the Senators. And then, again, in the Sharks years, he's playing with, I mean, an old John, uh, not John Tavares. Uh, Joe Thornton. Who is the, Joe Thornton, thank you. And Patrick Marlowe and Brent Burns. And they're, they're all past their prime when he gets there to San Jose. And can he really be held accountable for what happened in San Jose? No. And now he's finally on a team, good players, again. But he's playing with stars that are past their prime. So, uh, Eric Carlson, 39th player on this list. I know I spoke a lot about preseason or postseason performance, but I think Eric Carlson fits right nicely into that 39th spot on this list. 38, we have 
Ed Belfour. Played on five teams in his time in the NHL, which is why he's lower. But in that time, he won 484 games, lost 320, and shut out the opponent 76 times for a 250 and a 906 save percentage and a 250 goals against average. And he went to the finals three times. And he won it once when uh, he was with paired up with Mike Madonna, who's already been on this list. So, Abby, you should be happy. We have two stars on this list already. Thank you very much. Uh, he's a, Ed Belfour is a Calder winner, a three-time All-Star, two-time Vesna Trophy winner, and a four-times William Jennings winner. He's a stud all around. He was playing in a time with Mario Lemieux, the back end of Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and all these great goalies, too, like Roy, Brodeur, Asik. And in that time, he still won the trophy for being the best goalie in the league two years in a row. Or not two years in a row, but two years. With those those great goaltenders in the league. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have much else to say about this guy. Uh, he, he made the playoffs 13 years out of 17 that he played. But, again, like I said, he, he, uh, he played on five teams in 17 years. So that does go against him. But he's at 38. 37, we have the captain of the Montreal Canadiens himself, Martin St. Louis. Oh, I was like, Nick Suzuki? You said captain. You meant coach. I meant coach. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, no, Nick Suzuki. I was like, he's not year. top 45 in past 45. Again, projection. Projection. Oh, okay. okay uh, Martin okay. St. Louis. He's a player that I knew very little about going into this project. But studying him, he's got a pretty impressive resume. Only one Stanley Cup, but individually, he's won two heart, Rosses, one Hart, one Lindsay, and uh, five-time All-Star, three-time Lady Bing, and a stat line. 133 points, 642 assists, 391 goals, and is on 80 is at 83 on the all-time scoring list. So, uh, why is he ahead of Taves and Madonna? That's a good question. But I added in his coaching performance. He turned the Montreal Canadiens around. Now, not doing too hot this year, but I think it adds to his legacy what he's doing with the Canadiens team. Uh, he's done a lot individually. I mean, he's only made one cup again and played on uh, a lot of teams in his career in the league. Uh, Tampa Bay, Calgary, Rangers, and now Montreal again as a coach. So he is at 37. 36. Can you have any guesses? Nope. Anze Kopitar. Nice. Sorry, there's just so many players. I could guess, but there are just so many players in the league. I'm just like, I don't, I have no idea. It's valid. It's valid. Uh, Kopitar, like Taves, uh, had played, well, he's still playing, actually. Plays a very very strong two-way game. Uh, He's been to two Stanley Cups and won both of them. Uh, He's also won two Lady Beings, two Selkies, and a Messier Award. He is higher than Martin St. Louis on the all-time scoring list at 1,178 points. Um, that's 55 on the all-time list, 771 assists and 407 goals. He has only had one season in his 18-year career where he has not scored 50 points. And he's on pace to put up 82 this year Was at he, age 36. Was he injured in that season? I believe it was the COVID year, actually. Oh, well, that's uh, fair. Shortened season. Yeah. Uh, of course, you do have to wonder, like, his postseason performances, not too hot. Eight years out of the possible 18 that he made the place postseason 10, he's missed. Um, but his postseason stats are pretty impressive because when he's made the playoffs 25% of the time, he wins the cup. But honestly so, though, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's an incredible stat, but also like the Kings went through a rebuild too. They did between yeah. that's, that's I mean, that is why he's high on this list because he stuck it out with the team through the rebuild. Right. Between like the Dustin Brown Stanley cup winning era and mm-hmm. then he's just been with the team, and now these young mm-hmm. stars are rising up now, and they're doing well, and it's just like yeah. he's just been there for and all of it. And he's still performing at a point-per-game level. Mm-hmm. I, I literally have written, I think the fact that Kopitar stayed at, on one team for all 18 years through the ups and downs gives him an upper hand to get higher than some of these other guys who played arguably more of an offensive game than he has. So... That is the list for now. Come back for 35 through 31 next week. Um, and uh, here's a, uh, yeah. So uh, thoughts on the list, Abby. Do you have any thoughts yet? Um, No, 
like I said last week, it's hard for me to gauge. Once I see the whole list, I'll be able to critique yeah. it and move people around. Yeah. It's just hard for me to gauge at the moment, well, like without. Well, here's, would you put anyone context. higher than anyone else that is currently on the list? Like, would you move Chris Tang higher? Would you move Duncan Keith, Mike Madonna, Eric Carlson higher? Maybe uh, also Matthews. Think he's going to be better than some of these guys? Honestly, no. I think, I mean, I think it's pretty solid the way it is. I might have put Belfour like above. St. Louis, I guess, but that's just like a really picky mm-hmm. thing. I just, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, honestly, overall, I don't think it's too bad yet, but we'll see how ridiculous you get. Well, we, <laughs> we take that. We take that. Okay. Uh, come back next week. We got two goalies on the list next week. Just putting that out there. Um, and the list next week, one, two, three, four, five, all the guys are retired. Nice. First time that's happened. Two retired right. goalies, let me think. Retired. Okay. That's not going to happen right now. My brain's not in a space <laughs> so, for me to do that. That has been random crap that we talk wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah, we kind of kicked it off with the random crap we wanted to talk about with the uh, PWHL. So, you know, got a little, yeah, and the little two for one there. Michigan. So Two for one there. Oh, and Michigan and uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so now we head into... The prediction contest. Andrew had a phenomenal week. I'm going to be honest. Back-to-back winning weeks. Good for you. I did not keep track this week of how well I did. You went one for five, I think. Yeah, I know. I'm done. I think that's what... uh, I'm done keeping track of this crap. No, you're not. You're going to keep... Now me and you are tied and Jim's winning 35, 34, and 34. Yep. Totals. Yep. Super 34, lame. 32, and 31, I think. Huh? 34, 32, 31. Is that correct? No, that's what it was last week, maybe. No, it's he's at 35, I'm at 34, and you're at 34. All right. So, Jim, since he's not here, he emailed in, well, not emailed, he texted in, he sent us his predictions for this week. Yes. So, uh, and since he is now winning, he gets to go first, which actually works out really well. That he's gone, um, yeah. And then when I was gone, yeah. I was first, so that worked out yeah. well too. So yeah, perfect. So um, we have again five games to predict this week. We are not predicting the Penguins game, which I thought odd. And then I looked at the schedule, and I was like, well, they're only playing two, and both are kind of booty. So uh, <laughs> that's fair. Although I feel like Pittsburgh at Carolina would have been better than this first game we have on Saturday, but I'm not the one picking them. We got New York Islanders at Nashville Predators. Uh, that's Saturday, the 13th. And then Sunday, the 14th, we have Detroit at Toronto, which uh, is a uh, interesting uh, regional six matchup as they like to market. Well, uh, Monday, the 15th, we have the devils at the garden playing the Boston Bruins, Uh, the Kings at Dallas on Tuesday, the 16th. And then Thursday, the 18th, Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Those are our games for the week. Um, and honestly, the game of the week seems to be New Jersey at Boston. Um, gonna be honest. LA Kings at Dallas would be the the game of the week. I think that's gonna be the hardest one to predict if you're asking me. You think so? I think so. Personally. Anyways, first game, Saturday. Yep. New York at Nashville. New York Islanders at Nashville. Dad said Nashville five to three. Who goes next? You or me? Me because uh, I was winning. There would be you. Yep. It would be you. Yep. Okay. I'm going to say the Islanders win this game by a score of 2 0. I also have the Islanders winning by a score of 4 2. Nice. Um, I'm continuing with my streak of not picking Nashville. And it, Jim should have known that. It's worked out for you. It, it, it has. Well, the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah. Okay. Sunday, the 14th, D- Detroit at Toronto. Jim said Toronto 5 2. Original six matchup. Um,. I think that's so dumb. Who cares about that? I, I do not like it. I, re- I really don't understand it because, like, the original six teams, they really don't even have that much bad blood. No, they don't. Like, if you think about it. I mean, Toronto, Toronto, Montreal is pretty heated sometimes. Well, yeah, that one is. Be- and then Toronto, Boston as well. But just everyone hates Toronto. That being said, I'm going to say Detroit's going to win this game by a score of 3-2 to two in... No, no overtime. Ooh. I'm just going to say 3-2. to two. You're going to say Detroit? Detroit, 3-2. to two. Yikes. Um, I've got Toronto by a score of 3-1. to one. 
I like to be different, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I mean Monday, the, the same f- as me last game. Just, <sighs> but I picked first, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Monday, <laughs> January fifteenth, written down. <laughs> New Jersey at Boston. Jim said Boston three to two in overtime. I'm going to say Boston by a wider margin, four to one. New Jersey's been dealing with yeah injuries, yeah. so yeah, I've got Boston by a large margin as well, five to two. And oh, not in overtime. What are you doing, Andrew? Not uh, All right, L.A. Kings at the Dallas Stars. Jim says Dallas four to one. Yeah, wow. which is kind of large because Cam Talbot's been playing out of his mind. But and Otter's been injured for Dallas, which is tough. But I'm I'm gonna say Dallas three to two. Okay, uh, actually you... four to two. Sorry. Okay, forgive me. Um, I like the Kings here in this matchup. That's fair. Um, I, this is like you said, it's a tough matchup to predict, just because they're both playing very good hockey at the moment, and it could go either way. And I just like, I, I feel like LA is more of a grinding team, like. Dallas tries to play with a little more finesse, and when you face a a grinds team like that, it sometimes won't work out. So I'm going to go the Kings in this one. It's a two one overtime win for the Kings, so Dallas still gets a point. But yeah, yeah. well, also uh, Ottinger's been out for yeah. Dallas, and um, um, Miro's been out too. Haskin, so yeah, it's just yeah. been it's been fine. <laughs> Final game. January 18th, Minnesota at Tampa. Jim says Tampa 2 nothing. I say Tampa by a score of 6-2. to two. Oh, my gosh. I have Tampa Bay 5-3. Nice. <laughs> Who would have predicted such a large fall-off for Minnesota this year? Like, for real. Um, You know, to be honest, um, I believe I did. Did you actually? I had him in yeah, the top Minnesota three, I think, the playoffs. in the Central. And Minnesota missing the playoffs. I, it's Dallas, Colorado, Nashville. I totally disrespected the Jets, though. Actually, no, I didn't. I, I, had, I disrespected the Jets as I well. had the Jets making the playoffs. I think I was the only one out of all of us who had the Jets making did, the yeah. playoffs. And you were like, you oh too. my gosh, you're going to have the Jets. And now they're like first in the league, so shut up. Yeah, well, to be honest, though, the Jets had a tough year last year. Like, they Yeah, and they lost and, Wheeler. So yeah. I was predicting them shipping off Shifley and Halibut because they wouldn't extend them, and then they did. So, but. Yeah, right, Winnipeg so is first that, in the league. Yeah, so. they are. Ha, 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 That has been the prediction contest. Um, uh, Abby, go ahead and uh, All right. Recapping. Recap us, uh, Saturday, January 13th, New York Islanders at Nashville. Dallad said Nashville 5-3. to three. Andrew and I both said Islanders, me with a score of two nothing, you with a score of four to two. Um, the next game Sunday, January fourteenth, Detroit at Toronto. Dad said Toronto five to two. You also said Toronto three to one, and I said Detroit three to two. Monday, January fifteenth, New Jersey at Boston. Everyone said Boston, me with a score of four to one, Andrew with a score of five to two, and Jim with a score of three to two in overtime. Los Angeles Kings at Dallas on Thursday the 16th. Andrew said LA 2 to 1 in overtime. Jim and Abby both said Dallas. Abby with a score of 4 to 2 and Jim with a score of 4 to 1. And then finally Thursday, January 18th, Minnesota in Tampa. Everyone said Tampa. Abby with a score of 6 to 2, Andrew with a score of 5 to 3, and Jim with a score of 2 nothing. All right. So we'll see how it goes. I I went three and two last week, so hopefully I get another winning record. We like to keep those, you know. Yeah. The record hot. Um, trying to come back from a, a, a abysmal, abysmal. Thirty one sixty five for the 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 year so far. So. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Yeah, I think I'm tough. I think I'm below five hundred right now, which kind of you are one hundred percent. You're thirty two out of sixty five. Oh, that's below barely 500. below five hundred. That's one barely below. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. it it is what it is. Go one one more there. thing we need to say before we go. Tentatively, yep. we may or may not be recording a podcast next week due to the fact we are going to Columbus to watch the Devils play the Blue Jackets on Friday. So we Cheap may tickets, we may get a podcast out for you. We may not. So yeah. if you don't see it, apologies in advance. However, 
we will be enjoying some NHL hockey, which I haven't enjoyed in, well, I guess it's been less than a year, but you know, it's okay. But yes. So thank you guys for listening to the Pens and Stuff podcast. Yes. Uh, If you want to follow us on the social media, I'm going to try and be more active on social media for the Pens and Stuff podcast. It's been a it's been a grind to get up there, but uh, uh, check us out on Facebook at the Pens and Stuff podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. We're on Pens Pen, Pen Stuff, right? And Pens Stuff on the old X as well. Yes, um, you can follow us on the X. Our our tags are down below. I tweet a lot about sports. So um, also, Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots after twenty four years. It's crazy. That's talking sucks. to uh, Curtis the other day, and I was like. Bill Belichick has been the coach of the Cowboys longer than I've been, or coach of the Patriots longer than I've been alive. And it's crazy. It's true. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the Pence Stuff Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. And for Jim, let's go, Pence. Let's freaking go.